Welcome to the Spoutcast, where we spout off the news to those who drink <laughs> from the well. My name is Jane Fawcett. Alongside me is my fabulous friend and co-host. Ben Wolburn. Oh, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ben just tried to do the intro and... I fell on my face during Yeah, it. it was just a little bit off, um, but that's okay. <laughs> That's why we are a team. Maybe you'll hear a blooper reel of it later on. Yeah, stay tuned at the end of the episode for Ben's Ben's shot <laughs> at the intro. Well, we got a good show for you guys today. We have our very own Nina Baker Nina as Baker. our guest. She works in WSM and is good friends with Jane. Yep. And just an all-around great person. Great person. Great person. We're going to be mm-hmm. discussing the sermon this week, mm-hmm. which was on being relationally healthy, which leads to that inclusive community yep. carrying on with our anatomy of a disciple. Last AOD. part of it. Last part. Closing Finishing the book. it up. Finishing it up. Wrap it up. And uh, yeah, finish strong. So we'll be discussing that. And um, music we got this some week. great music this week. It's true. Um, a little need to breathe coming not, at you. Not need to breath. Not need to breath. <laughs> it was almost a typo on our website, but I caught it. Don't worry. And apparently if you search need to breathe on the internet, I didn't know this, but their name is actually all capitalized. It's You doubted me, Ben. I did a little bit. Oh I didn't actually gosh. search it. No, I'm saying because you searched it. I'm oh. not doubting you. I'm just validating your oh, statement that you had. Oh, okay. Earlier. I thought you asked me and then went and searched on your own. Jane just wow, had this very condescending ben. look of, how dare you yeah, doubt me? This is a trusting relationship. <laughs> it is. Jeez. It hey, is. Ben, ask me what Layla and I did on Friday. Jane, what did you and Layla do on Friday? So Layla was on our show last week, and we talked a little bit about how Layla and I are partners in crime together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, on our way home from residency, well, after residency, we went to breakfast. On our way home from breakfast. So like 4.30 in the morning. Okay, continue. <laughs> yes. Um, there was a dog walking across the street. I think I saw pictures of this. So <laughs> Layla and I went into go mode. Oh, and yeah. we did not want to see that poor dog get hit because it was a really pretty German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. So we drew, we parked the car and we like tried to whistle and um, get the dog to come by Wait, us. Like tried to whistle. <laughs> so was it like well, a- like we were like <sighs> no, it was like puppy, come here, come here, whatever. And it didn't, it didn't, it ran, ran into the intersection of Maple and Shepherd which then went to a park, and it took us an hour to even get the dog to come close to us. We coaxed it with trail mix, and then it was my best friend. Now you know how to coax a German Shepherd. It's true. She was really pretty, and I wish that we didn't have to give her back to her owner. Oh, yeah? But Wait, how did you find the owner? We read her tag once she let us get close enough to her. Naturally. She didn't bite you guys or anything like that? No, didn't. There were a couple times where I thought, this could go pretty bad. Because my face was in her face a couple of times and I got, oh, I've yeah? gotten bit by a dog before in the you nose. You guys have to stare down <laughs> in the nose. Yes. <laughs> Tragic. <clears throat> I actually, I like most dogs. In fact, I would say I like really like most dogs. But when I was younger, I got bit in the arm by a Rottweiler. Oh. So sorry to you guys out there that own Rottweilers and My brother them, has too. I slightly have a large fear of Rottweilers. You slightly, slightly have a large, large fear. fear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, Ben, 
Super Bowl yesterday. Yep. What'd you think? Well, I only watched the first half because what? you could tell what the outcome was going to be after the first half. Are was you over. serious? I did, but I was also I had wow. to like drive a long ways home after. So. Oh, you watched it in Santa Cruz? Yeah, Mountain View to be more specific. Oh, but excuse I was me. In Santa Cruz. Yeah, get it right. Well, I was as we talked last week. Last week I was um, rooting for the the Broncos. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't um, – it didn't take very long after that first snap and the safety that was recovered um, that I thought, yeah, this probably isn't going to work very well for yeah. the Broncos. <laughs> I, so the, they, the Seahawks played a good game. They played a really good game. And I like when they got that safety and mm-hmm. then the Seahawks kicked a field goal and it was 5 nothing, uh-huh. And I was like – when do you ever see the score of a football game 5 nothing? Right. I was like, this right. is a soccer or baseball blowout right now. How about when they <laughs> slowed things down watching Peyton Manning's face as the ball gets hiked past him? Oh, my goodness. It was so funny. I just I enjoyed the Super Bowl on the comfort of my own couch because I wasn't feeling yeah. very well. Nice. What did you think? Were there any commercials that stood out to you? That's why I'd say like a large portion of people that – aren't avid sports fans actually just watch it for the commercials, which I don't remember the statistic, but it's like the amount that companies pay to have yeah. their advertisement aired on a Super Bowl commercial is astronomical. Yeah. Um, I liked Tim Tebow's commercial for T-Mobile. I thought that was good. I also yeah, liked the commercial with um, John Krasinski, Krasinski. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, you can just go Jim. Jim from the office. Jim yeah. from the office. His, uh, I forget which commercial he did. I don't remember that one. But I liked that one. I was a big fan of, I don't remember what it was for, but there was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and he was, at one point, I think he was playing ping pong with someone. Yeah, he in was. In some quite short shorts. Mm, and yeah. he's a, he's got a, he's in his 70s yeah, now. Yeah, he I'm shouldn't sure. do that. He, he is? I think so. Wow. At least 60s. Oof. And he probably should it should probably be illegal for him to own those shorts. Yeah, I don't think he – I think we should burn them. But I think the point of that commercial was to just be, like, looking at what you're watching on TV and, like, think, I could have never imagined this commercial ending this way. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. That was funny. <clears throat> well, we have a great show for you guys. Stay tuned and hear from a little Need to Breathe in the meantime. Stand tall but running thin. I'm wearing thin. One of the marks of being a true follower of Christ is that we stop using people for our own self-promotion and we allow the power of the gospel to transform us in such a way 
we recognize what we've been given in Christ and we have now the desire to go out and give that away to others. And now where we normally hate, we choose to forgive. Now where we normally hold a grudge, we let it go. Now where we would normally be passive and just let conflict arise, we step into it and we become agents of reconciliation and we initiate and we begin to see transformation take place in our relationships. There you have our very own Chase someone in the midst of his sermon on being relationally healthy, which leads to that inclusive community in the midst of our Anatomy of a Disciple series. In fact, at the end of our Anatomy of a Disciple series, um, which was amazing to be a part of being kind of new to the well. It was my first kind of um, immersion into that series oh. that I know is kind of uh, a big thing and very foundational here. And so... Um, what did you think, Jane, from this message that he closed out with? <clears throat> I liked, again, it's all going back to the core. And he was saying you can't be relational, relationally healthy without being, I'm sorry, you can't, yes, you can't be relationally healthy until you're humbly submitted and biblically formed. So he was saying, like, you can't do things with your hands until your heart mm -hmm. and your mind are shaped by Christ. Mm -hmm. So... I liked that part of it. Um, just again, that importance of um, we can't do what Christ wants us to do until um, we're submitted enough to hear from him what he wants for us. And um, when we're, when our lives are shaped by his word to know um, what he wants for us to do. So I just thought that was cool. And even thinking through like, he talked some about relationships that are maybe off with us mm -hmm. and like the story that he used about his dad and how he forgave his dad and his dad didn't even like say anything mm -hmm. to him. So just thinking through like relationships in my life, which, which relationships are hard for me or which, which relationships are strained. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a good reminder of like, I think I always think when um, when I feel like a relationship's off, that if I apologize, then they should apologize back. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Just the, I mean, very easy practical application of this message that yeah. from the moment, I mean, he shared the story of his dad mm -hmm. and his daughter who mm -hmm had a friend tell her the, I'm not friends with yeah. you anymore and it just crushed her and just yeah. the the importance of relationships in our life and being relationally healthy and just hearing the message as I was listening to it and thinking of those those broken relationships that that God's just pointing out like Ben this is this is the one you need to work on mm -hmm. this is where you need to step up and and focus on this. And, and like you said, Jane, just how, I mean, he started off with going back to the core and how it all starts from being humbly submitted and, and biblically formed and that nothing, you know, fruitful from, from the Lord can come unless you are doing those things and being yeah. um, in submission to him and being formed by his word. So I really liked that. Um, I resonated with, um, in a different way. I mean, the story of him and his dad, like me and me and my dad had uh, a difficult relationship when I was growing up as well. He um, struggled with addiction for a long time, and um, I just hearing hearing Shay talk about that that process of of forgiving him and kind of coming to terms with it, and how I think a lot of people will go to someone that they you know there's some sort of discord or conflict, and they'll say, "I forgive you." 
and then they're just waiting there, lingering, waiting for a response like, yeah, yes, I'm sorry. But mm-hmm. even if that doesn't happen, he he talked about how that, you know, that burden or that 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 weight on his shoulders was lifted and without even a response. It was it was more of the process of of forgiving him without having a response that yeah. really healed him and freed him to have mm-hmm. a better relationship with his dad. And he talked about, I think it was writing letters to him and how, you know, before their relationship had been, um, you know, healed. He, he did it out of obligation Mm -hmm. and was like, Oh, I got to do this, but I don't want to. And then he just felt a a sense of joy and desire to want to write his dad letters. And, um, I found that really cool and just seeing a similar chord in my life and that Mm -hmm. reconciliation with Mm -hmm. the relationship with the dad. And, um, I just think for me, like the power of this relationally healthy and, and leading into the inclusive community, me and my dad, like, I look at the situation as being one of the most evident works of the Lord in my life and mm-hmm. just seeing that how far it seemed like it was going to be from a from a a healthy relationship and seeing how far God has brought it to the point of being a healthy relationship. Yeah. And I can think of no other thing but pointing to the Lord as the reason for it mm-hmm. being where it is today. So yeah. I extre- in this point of my life I feel like I really extremely value the um relationally healthy aspect of Mm -hmm. the anatomy of a disciple. And, um, I know there's other areas that I, um, other relationships that I need to be working on. Um, that was the one that stood out and like, kind of like tugged at my heart a lot when I was first listening to it, just because I, I resonated with it. And just when he was talking about, you know, family members, that Mm -hmm. was like immediately where I went with that. So I found that really interesting. That's really cool. And those can be, I feel like family can be the hardest mm-hmm. um, relationships, t- the hardest ones to make healthy because mm-hmm. I think um, family can be, we can um, like be harder on our family. We can have more expectations on our family. Mm-hmm. Um And like, I don't know, but for me, like, I just assume that my family knows what I'm thinking all the time because they're like people who know me really well or whatever, but even just thinking through, like, you have to have hard conversations in all aspects of life and whether they're two-sided or one-sided, like, Mm -hmm. to have everything, to be at peace with all men as it has to do with us, like, that's hard. That's really Mm -hmm. hard. I think one thing, too, that just comes to mind, you mentioned how difficult it is with the family environment specifically, I think, um, I know from my experience, there's the tendency in family conflicts to just sweep everything mm-hmm. under the rug and mm-hmm. to not deal with it and let it just fester. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously not the right mm-hmm. route and not totally. the healthy route to go. Um, and she even mentioned that like it was for years and years before they ever talked about um, the situation with his dad before. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, it was, I think he was like, in his thirties when they finally addressed it. And, um, so those things just, Mm -hmm. they can get swept under the rug and if they're not dealt with you, they're not going to go away. Mm -hmm. You can't just bury it and not expect it to come back. It's going to come back and it's going to come back with a vengeance. If Mm -hmm. you don't, you know, address it and come to terms with it. And, you know, um, he talked about this idea of how there's broken relationships all around us and there's these fractures all around us. And he referenced, back in the garden with Adam and Eve in this initial broken relationship, this vertical relationship between man and God and how it needed to be reconciled and yeah. how years later Jesus came and reconciled us um, to to the Father through his work mm-hmm. on the cross and mm-hmm. dying for our sins and how that reconciliation happened there. 
but it wasn't it wasn't meant to stop there. You yeah, know, he said. Um, I mean, he he started talking about in Matthew, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all mm-hmm. your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, the the concept of loving your enemy even mm-hmm. so foreign to yeah. our culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm supposed to love the person who hates me. Yeah. How radical is that? I know. That's just crazy. I know. I've heard stories of like. People who, like, I don't know, a mom whose kid was killed by a drunk driver or whatever, mm-hmm. and her response is to forgive that person and love them and to to be able to do that with somebody who took something so yeah. precious from you, like, I couldn't imagine. But it's like like what you said with your dad, like, it's only through the Lord in you mm-hmm. that allows you to even get to that point. So... It's just crazy, like, trusting God so much that you would say, I know that the Lord tells me this and I'll do it because Mm -hmm. I love the Lord more than I love my pride or, I don't know, whatever whatever it is that keeps us from living in a healthy relationship with people. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, go for it. Shay mentioned that, I mean, we often think of that word neighbor in scriptures and Mm -hmm. think, you know, is there a next door neighbor? Is it the person across the street who I see their garage door open and close? And I know they have like a Toyota, silver Toyota 4Runner, but I don't even know what they look like because I never see them. Their garage door opens and then it closes. But really what it's talking about, um, I forget exactly how he put it. He said something along the lines of your neighbor is anybody God providentially puts in your life Mm. to care for them. So it's not the person who, you know, has the address that's right next to yours Mm -hmm. or is right across the street from you. It's anybody that along your journey of life, God providentially puts into your life and you are to love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, shoot. Did he give the scripture for that? Cause I can think of it where he says to love your neighbor as yourself. And then they say, well, who's my neighbor? And I forget what Jesus says after that. But yeah, I think in those cases, it's it's our own excuse to say like, okay, give me guidelines of exactly how many people I need to love because I won't love any more than that. Mm-hmm. Like, So it just gives us kind of an excuse to not love yeah. everyone, you yeah. know, or like not forgive everyone. Yeah. But, or start rating how you're going to love people. Right, like, like, yeah, I'd, I'd buy this person a Starbucks drink. Totally. Maybe I'll smile to this person or maybe I'll sure. acknowledge them. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I liked one point that he, he said, um, we've got to get to a point where our choices and compassions um, get invaded by the gospel in such a way that they hmm. override our fleshly desires to retreat. Wow. And just that idea of like, I mean, I can get in, I can get in those modes where life is busy. So any time that I get outside of what I've already committed to, like that is my time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just get in those modes of like, not wanting to live in community because I feel like I spend so much of my time with people or serving people or whatever. When like I get really ugly about it, but um, I think. Jesus is a perfect example of what it looks like to live our lives in community and to live with those people who are hard to live with. Like I can't imagine that all of his time on earth with his disciples was amazing. You know, there's times (laughs) where, I mean, it wasn't easy for him, but not that I don't believe that we do need to take time for our own like refreshment. Cause Jesus was an example of that when he went away, um, 
before he was crucified, but not be so selfish with our time Mm -hmm. to an extent where it causes us to completely remove ourselves from community. Mm -hmm. Um, That was just a good reminder for me to remember that my life is meant to be lived with other people so that we can sharpen one another or I can be an example of Christ to them um, in those ways. So yeah, that was just a good reminder. Yeah, he talked about that. I mean, kind of the universal theme that we all prioritize ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we prioritize the things that are of value to us and how we live our lives and our daily schedule. And basically the practical application that we can all have in this idea of, you know, loving your neighbor, loving your enemy Mm -hmm. is prioritize others in that same way. Totally. Like we already know the process of how to do it. We think of ourselves in that context. The idea is to start thinking of the person that you come into contact with Mm -hmm. in that process. The person who says bad things about you in that Mm -hmm. light, which is just hard even saying it. Like you think I have to do that. That's crazy. Um, he said, he said this phrase, which really kind of stood out to me too. He said, God is indiscriminate in his love for us. And in the same way, he wants us to be indiscriminate in yeah. our love towards others. That uh-huh. there aren't things that we that God looks at in our lives and thinks, ah, that makes me love you a little bit less. Yeah. Or I wish you didn't drink a mocha frappuccino at Starbucks <laughs> or whatever yeah. random thing it is. But sure. he looks at us and he says, I absolutely love you. Yeah. And in the same way, we are supposed to look past those flaws that we all have in other people mm-hmm. and have that sort of indiscriminate love for them. Yeah. it's It goes back to we love because Christ loved first mm-hmm. and our salvation has nothing to do with what we, how we work for it. It's all because Jesus completely loved us to to die for us. And it, it goes to one thing that he says is, um, that we have to move from consumers to contributors. And Mm -hmm. instead of looking at our lives at our own, as our own, it's how can I give my life for these people the way Jesus gave his life for us. And that's hard to do because it just goes back to like wanting what we want and wanting our time. And yeah, yeah. It's a good reminder. It's a difficult sure. one. It's so hard. <laughs> it's a lifelong one. Yeah. I mean, we, I like that, you know, the well will go through the AOD series. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, 2013 going into 2014, right. check that off the list. Never totally. going to do that again. It's mm-hmm. going to be readdressed because of the um, how important it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I really enjoyed the Anatomy of a Disciple series mm-hmm. and um, just hearing from different um, hearing from PJ and Shay and Brad and yeah. just the passion and um, intentionality they put behind their messages. And it was, it was good. Yeah. I think one more thing um, on the lines of inclusive community, um, it's inviting people into our lives, which yeah. I think is hard. Yeah. Instead of like us going into their world or their whatever, it's inviting them into ours. And mm-hmm. um, that seems a little... It's yeah. scary sometimes because, like, we put our walls up or whatever. But, um, yeah. It's- yeah, he threw – Shay threw out the statistic. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he talked about, you know, the the life of a, of a believer. And when they, when they come to know the Lord and that first year or two after they come to know the Lord and how their influence and people outside of Christian, Christianity begins to diminish and how they become – 
they have this exclusive community mm-hmm. of followers of Christ, which yeah. we need that community, but we are not in any way to neglect the community of those who need Jesus mm-hmm. in their lives. And sure. um, I think that's where the the call and the um, the purposes behind that. Yeah. So it's not to end with that relationally healthy, but that inclusive community uh-huh. and bringing others into our life and being intentional. I mean, yeah. if we aren't intentional, we will start to have those exclusive communities because it takes us outside of our comfort zone mm-hmm. to have interactions with someone who doesn't share the same beliefs as us or totally. might completely disagree with us mm-hmm. for those who are harmonizers and they don't for like, sure. you know, not agreeing on things. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with that, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes I have difficulty reaching out to people, <laughs> but I don't mind not agreeing with people. Yeah, you don't get nervous about that. <laughs> well, That's now funny. that we have closed the anatomy of a disciple series, yes. it begs the question of where we're going next. So well, Jane, do you want to do the great sure. reveal of where we're going yeah. next? Yeah. So our next Um, sermon series is going to be going through Ephesians. So I think we're spending about 15 weeks in Ephesians. Um, The series title is Love First Love. So um, in Ephesians, it talks about going back to our first love. So remembering that um, kind of even similar to what we just talked about, like um, Jesus loving us first and um, that he is our first love and what it um, is like to, to... follow him based on our love for him in those ways. So um, 15 weeks in Ephesians, just walking through that. And then um, I'm excited for it. I got to be uh, a part of some of those planning meetings. And it's just cool to see the creativity in it and um, some cool elements. So Yeah, I like that. I mean, we went through the Generation Series, and it was kind of, you know, at a 30,000-foot view or 200 miles per hour going Uh through it, and this time we'll kind of get to slow down the gears a little bit and really take a deep look at Ephesians. I think the first one is literally on two verses. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it as well. too. All right, listeners, we have our amazing guest Nina Baker on next, so stay tuned for Nina and listen to a little bit more Need to Breathe. One of my favorite people, Ooh. Nina Baker. It is nice to have you on the spot. Thank you for inviting me, Ben. What? Oh, <laughs> that's right. I, me specifically. That's right. Said the formal ben. invitation. Ben in took my letter. job last mm-hmm. week. With paper and ink. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Ben and I have roles and responsibilities of the Spoutcast. 
And mine is to ask a guest to come on. Well, last week, <laughs> I'm sitting at one of the booths working, and I hear Ben say, hey, so you want to come on the spout next week? Trying to usurp Jane's authority, yeah. basically. And let me tell you, it's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> she, when uh... somebody, and when I have a responsibility that I have never not fully finished, okay. whatever, and somebody does my job, so... From my end, I just felt like, oh, I'll just be helping Jane out, like mm. figuring out who the guest is. One thing she doesn't have to think about. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so Nina, <laughs> we are glad you're here. Aww, yes. Thanks. And uh, uh, Nina is a full listener of the Spoutcast, right? Completely. Really? Yeah, From every, beginning to end. Every episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. She is a, she is a fan <laughs> to the max. Nina. But she's not the mega fan. <laughs> no. Or super fan. Super fan. Whichever super fan. one that is. Whichever that is actually is. Sarah Roby. My apologies to her. <laughs> Nina, tell us about your role here at The Well. My role here at The Well is now um, I'm the new Rose. I am the female spiritual formation associate director shepherd. Jeez, wow. so <laughs> many titles. I don't know exactly what the proper. On the website, you are the WSM spiritual formation shepherd. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that one better. Actually, so there has so. to be physical sheep that follow you around. I did. Yes. Okay. They are. Okay, good. They are. Yes. Am I one of them? <laughs> You are, you're one of my sheep. I am a sheep. You are oh. my shepherd. Okay. I don't like that. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> so then um, explain to the listeners a little bit of what your um, role looks like. It is wonderful. I get the privilege of just walking alongside of um, our, leaf, our life group leaders, mm-hmm. um, our high schoolers, our junior hires, and just loving on them and encouraging them to spend time in the word, to grow in their love and desire um, of the Lord. That is basically what my job is. Man. That's awesome. It includes a lot of coffee. Good. Yeah. That, that was the selling point for me. <laughs> you get to take people. I mean, you haven't taken me out for coffee. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Right. When are we going to do that? that I, oh, okay. Email must have not got so, sent. Mm. I sent a text. Yeah. Um, my phone has been weird. Mm, yeah. So how long, <laughs> how long have you been on staff now? <laughs> A solid four weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I went from <laughs> being the, I still feel like I'm the new person in WSM sometimes because I've only been here for like five months or so. But now Nina and I can share in the newness of being the new people. Yeah. We can be great. awkward together. Yeah. So um, you were hired by Christian. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I was. And how long did you work for Christian? Um, <laughs> like, 10 seconds? Mm, I don't really know if seconds? I really worked for him because like I went to Africa. My job didn't really start till after. And I got an email during my trip in Africa that he was taking another position and would be leaving. So I don't really know if I officially worked under Christian. <laughs> that was his last responsibility. Fill this position. Check. Higher spiritual <laughs> formation shepherd. And I'm out. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Um, so you also, you mentioned you just recently went on a trip to Uganda. I did. How was that? What, how, what was your experience like? What were the highs and lows? Um, the experience was wonderful. Um, it's probably the coolest thing I've done and I've mm. traveled a little bit and experienced yeah. a little bit outside of the United States. So to say that, um, speaks volume that it, mm. it, it was just amazing. Highs and lows. Uh, the low is easy. Just seeing the like complete depravity of a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen poverty, um, but we were thrown into a 
a situation where there's illness. Um, jigger removal is one of the things that we did do. Um, and seeing the severity of that um, partnered with HIV, malaria, um, mm. syphilis, all those things were very present. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would obviously be a low of mine seeing that. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about a jigger and how you guys work to remove those. Um, a jigger is a sand flea, similar visually to our flea, only it's uh, a lot smaller. Um, the females uh, embed themselves under the skin and feed on the host. And as it's feeding on the host, it has eggs and the eggs form in a sack, mm. kind of like its abdomen. Um, and so under the skin, it's expanding. And as it expands, it's eating away at all wow. the flesh that it, it's taking over. Mm. Um, and so, and then like the eggs secrete from the backside and they go into the soil. And so the cycle continues. Um, but in removing the jiggers, uh, they leave just a, just a awful wound, a very deep, awful wound. And that was like fascinating and awful at the, all at the same time that something that small can create such a deep wound. And because of mm. the lack of sanitary things, um, water, um, clean utensils to, to dig the jiggers out, um, oftentimes infection, uh, just spreads, um, and you can just pile jigger on top of jigger. If your feet are constantly in the soil, you're constantly in contact with um, the possibility of jigger. So it just gets hmm. worse and worse and worse depending on your location and, and your soil. Wow. I I haven't myself been off the continent yet. I've actually only been to Canada and Mexico a wow. few times. Um, but I could imagine. Doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> I know it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't count. count. <laughs> It doesn't count as off the continent. I understand that. <laughs> I did pass geography. Um, but just in the times that I've gone outside of my normal arena of life, like Fresno or Santa Cruz or Sacramento, there's definitely like a perspective change that mm-hmm. happens. Did you feel like that happened with you in your time in Uganda, like a, a perspective restart or a perspective completely like looking at life differently? Anything along those lines? I think trips like that, the general thing is that you just appreciate and your level of gratitude just expands um, to a level that you kind of forget mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, but what I experienced that was such a joyful thing to me is just seeing the diversity in the body because we had a, a very different group, um, different personalities, different mm-hmm. life experiences, some who had never been out of California, um, hardly flown, Um and just being able to embrace us as different pieces of the body hmm. and our giftedness and being very gracious with each other and allowing um, ourselves, uh, you know, to be freaked out, to yeah, yeah. be uncomfortable and um, things like that. That was a beautiful picture for me mm-hmm. personally, because I think I, I'm a little hard on the body hmm. um, for different reasons. But just to see the beauty in the in the diversity. Diversity um, <laughs> while we were there. That was actually one of compared like what I saw there and being able to love on the children. That and how beautiful the body works together and mm. how we've created we are created differently was a definite high for me, which was surprising. Cool. I didn't think that the Lord would use that trip mm. to show how how clear that is. That's awesome. Now you mentioned that you've traveled other times. Mm-hmm. Where else have you been to? Um, I have, that was my second time in Africa. Okay. I spent some time loving on missionaries in Tanzania. Okay. Uh, a month there doing that. And that wasn't an exposure trip at all. That was just hanging out with the family and loving <laughs> on their kids who were having a hard time adjusting. Uh, so my hmm. eyes were open to, um, the depravity in Africa this trip, like it wasn't gotcha. before. Gotcha. Mm. Cool. 
And you've been to Mexico a few times, right? Yeah, Mexico. Um, I've spent some time in London, just in different travel places. Mm-hmm. Guatemala is actually a place that my heart um, enjoys also, mm. working with Students International. So. Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah. Well, switching gears a little bit, we have a question that we may start instituting for every guest that comes onto the Spoutcast. I <laughs> did it when I was interviewed, if you guys don't remember. Yeah, it we is, missed Layla last week. We missed Layla, but now it's instituted. Yeah. Now it's happening every Stamp. time. Stamp of approval by Jane Fawcett. What yeah. is it? It Heads is. Up? <laughs> Oh my God. Heads up. <laughs> Nina has like the look of oh just being terrified on her face. Like, what long. did I get myself into? I have into? no idea how this runs. <laughs> it's a simple game known as Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. If you don't know how it works, basically, the guest will share three things. Two of them are truthful and one of them is not. <laughs> and then we have to decipher or discern <laughs> which one is not of the truth. Okay. And don't do this like Ben did this on his. Yeah, think about it before delivery. Because I asked him his two truths and a lie. He said two things very confidently. And then he (laughs) started saying the other one. And he goes, wait. And then like pauses. And I'm like, I'm going to guess before he even finishes. I'm going to guess that the third one is your lie. I tried to like rack my brain for how I could rephrase it or like recover right at that instant. And there was like, there was no way out of it. Yeah, but I can't use the same ones because. Jane knows my age. That doesn't work. I have to come oh. up with different ones. Oh, that well, was one of my tr- my um, truths. You can um, try you to figure can one come out. off the fly. Okay. Okay. Go right. ahead. Already? Yeah. Oh. No dead space on the air. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. We're not an edited show. <laughs> oh, great. The presentation's gonna be all. That's wrong. all right. You know, as long as it comes out, it's gonna be great. Yep. Um. If you can't think of anything else, you can do your age and Jane can just not answer. Yeah. We can have that. I can just not answer. Oh, that's no fun. I want you to play. Okay. Well, you're going to have to think of something. <laughs> okay. I um I could I could give you a couple questions. Okay. And then you could see if they're truthful or not. You I used to hang that. out with Michael Jordan. Okay. Your favorite soda is Mountain Dew, and you have gone on a road trip across the United States of America. Jeez, Ben, I didn't know you knew Nina so well. I just, (laughs) maybe more than one of those was made up on the spot. So maybe this is one truth and two lies, or maybe it's two truths and one lie. Okay, am I guessing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know the Michael Jordan one is true. Okay. Um... The lie, at least one lie, is the Mountain Dew. Darn. Should have picked that. Because she soda. likes Diet Coke. <laughs> I know that for sure. Yes, thanks for leaving that in the fridge. I finished it yesterday. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, road trip across the United States. Road trip across the United States. Who I would hasn't, say, really? I, you know? I mean, yeah, everybody except me has Have you taken a road trip across the United States? Now? I don't think you have. That is a bucket list. That's a bucket not, list. Yep, okay. How not. far have you driven east of here and then returned? Uh, Yosemite? I, I haven't gone east hardly. Okay. I've gone to Mexico. I've driven to Mexico. All right. That's, that's south. not east. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of that. All right. We'll work on our two that's truths and a lie oh, delivery. Man. You haven't been on the east coast at all. 
I haven't driven to the East Coast. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But you've story. been there. Yeah, that's why I would like to take just go across the country because I have friends so in Chicago fun. and then friends in New York Ooh, and I Iowa and different things that you just. Let's do it. Can we? Yeah. So for those of you who are listening, you're begging the question right now. In what context did you hang out with Michael oh. Jordan? Oh, everybody's oh. wondering. So give us a little a little taste of that. Um, I grew up playing basketball and I did his basketball camps in Fresno. Okay. And so like I got to shoot free throws. He actually picked me when I was a kid to shoot free throws with him one year and then play one on one the next year. I think it was because oh, wow. I had my hair permed really big Ooh, and he might have yeah. thought he liked it. He probably liked that. Um, Were you just like breaking his ankles with hair. your moves? Oh yeah, like he was oh, just yeah. falling over I all was over like, the what, place. What? Like, what do you got on me, MJ? Yeah, he... Did you pump up your shoes a little bit? My Reebok pumps. Do you remember those? Hold on. There were yes. Nike ones when I was. Wait, weren't there, or were they only Reeboks? They were Reebok. Oh, okay. I had a kid um, pump up his shoes too much that the airbag exploded, <laughs> <laughs> and he lost his foot. Yeah, totally gone. <laughs> All right. Well, Nina, it has been a privilege having you on the show. Um, this is so much fun. The pleasure is ours, Nina. The, the pleasure, pleasure is, is ours. And it's, Thank you uh, for the invite, Ben. <laughs> Since oh our God. friendship Anytime, is only Nina. a couple of months and Jane and I, our friendship is years now. <laughs> years? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, more than one. That's We're working on our plural. second. Maybe even that's- two. <laughs> Anyways, it's also been a privilege to have you on the WSM team and oh, working thanks. alongside of you in that. We'll be spending the weekend with you at winter camp That's right. this weekend. Winter That's retreat Pismo. You see the real me. Uh oh. All right. That's well, scary. continue on. We're going to listen to a little bit more Need to Breathe, and then we'll be back. To the Spoutcast, we have enjoyed your listening ears this week as we got to dive into Nina Baker's life a little bit at the well and her trip to Uganda and closing out our sermon discussion on Anatomy of a Disciple. It's true. And for those of you who drink from the well and listen to that or watch drink that, from the well. um, <laughs> drink from the well. Um, thought you would enjoy that series. And um, just to reiterate, we're going into that Ephesians series, which what was the title of it again, Jane? Love First Love. Love First Love. For anybody who wants to maybe dive into the anatomy of a disciple a little more, um, we have Rick Taylor and Brad Bell's books available at our iHubs. Um, Brad's is $10, Rick's is $15. Um, just to maybe see the anatomy through... 
um, a little bit different perspective than a sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some life groups or groups of people are even going through those books, um, mm-hmm. like as a book yeah. club or a life group or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool opportunity. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can pick those up at the iHub any week. Right on. We want to give our weekly shout out to Dave Johnson. (laughs) Dave Johnson. (laughs) We decided we're not going to give him an anatomically correct name anymore because I think we've already run out. We ran out. Turns out there are two. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, shout out to Dave. We couldn't do this without him. We have another shout out coming at you. Two very consistent listeners, Todd and Peggy Reed. Thanks for the little notes and love mm-hmm. from you guys this week. We totally appreciate very it. Very much appreciated. And to let you listeners know, for the next two weeks, we are taking a two-week hiatus. Yes. We will be gone this next week on, on our high school winter retreat to Pismo, um, which goes through Monday. And then the following weekend, we'll be going to Camp Hammer with our junior high students having lots of fun, and that'll go through Monday as well. So yeah. we'll be back in three weeks. Yeah, we'll miss you. We'll miss you. Stay tuned. This is The Spout. And we're out.
Spoutcast, where we spout off the news to those who listen to the... <laughs> Can we start that over, <laughs> Dave? Sorry. 